So this is uh, part three, I think, uh, uh, of our financial uh, Bible study together. And, um, you know, like I said last week, you may have uh, many questions coming up. Um, and that's always good. I, I like it when questions come up because it shows, number one, you're thinking. And it shows, number two, uh, uh, that um, it's a it's processing. I mean, that's thinking as well. But it shows that that there's engagement or something. That, that it's not just kind of like, oh, that sounds right or whatever. But it's it's it, you're leading somewhere. You're going somewhere with with the um, with what I'm saying and wondering what about this verse? What about that verse? Uh, but like I said last week, we won't get everything um, answered in one night uh, or even three nights. Uh, because there's just so much to um, to tackle. And uh, one of the things that I've, I've seen in my life is because I've been so well grounded in um, a lot of error, um, it, it, it kind of takes time to undo error. Um, and so, yes, one little thread can undo a lot of error, but it, it takes time to unfold and then um, start to... Um, uh, the knock-on implications, uh, etc. But you know, like I said last week, I believe that the prosperity gospel is really just a counterfeit gospel seeking to uh, hinder the furtherance of the true gospel, which is uh, an eternal gospel. Okay, now God's message of grace doesn't demand anything in exchange for the blessing and inheritance of God. All it requires is faith. You, know, you believe and uh, and you receive. So um, you're going to have to write down the references and uh, uh, and just keep up with me. But Acts chapter 20, Acts 20 verse uh, 32 uh, from the Passion, it says, And so now I entrust you into God's hand and hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to his holy ones. The next verse says, I haven't been after your money or any of your possessions. Isn't that amazing? He's saying that, 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 that the, the, the gospel is all you need. And then he, in the same breath, he's saying, I haven't been after your money or your possession. And that's a, a little bit different than a lot of preachers nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, Paul, Paul said that he never took people's money and things. And, 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 and he also said that he didn't have uh, 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 money. You know, he, he wasn't, put it this way, it wasn't about money. It was about the gospel. And we'll see now in a bit that he, he does start to talk about money and he does start to to speak about how uh, uh, how money came to him and etc. And we'll look at that. But he, he didn't have he, he, he did have money, but he didn't have it because he was uh, preaching gift to give. He didn't have it because of some uh, pyramid scheme in the church, you know, or something like that. First fruits and sowing and reaping and all that. You know, the money he had came through work, number one, and then also through partners. So people did give. We see that through the book of Philippians. So people did give, but in this passage, he's talking about how he worked in order to have. So, you know, uh, the next verse, verse 34 from the Passion, 
It says, you know, you all know that I've worked with my hands to meet my own needs and the needs of those who serve with me. I mean, yeah, that's amazing because he's saying that that he wasn't lazy. Yeah, I, 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 I even mentioned it to someone today. A lot of um, financial teaching in the body of Christ is received well because people are lazy. And it's also, um, uh, 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 um, it promotes laziness in the body of Christ. Because now, you know, you have a need to receive. You don't have to go work. You don't have to have wisdom to, to, to use your money wisely. You know, you can, your get out of jail free card is just give. You know, Paul never, ever has spoke about tithing or sowing and reaping to, in order to have his needs met. Yeah, because what did he say? Might become strong, working. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where he's saying it, it, it's, it's coming from. Yeah, Paul worked to meet his needs and the needs of the gospel and the needs of others. And, and uh, 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 you know, like we see in the book of Philippians, he had people sending money to him, he had people supporting him, but, but he, he never manipulated anybody out of their hard-earned money. And that's that's the big difference, yeah. Anybody <clears throat> generally who's who's just focusing in on give to get and finances uh, a lot is is um yeah. Sometimes they're well intended. Sometimes they're they're not. Sometimes they're malicious. Um, but you'll find a, a common trait is a lot of the time, whether they're genuine or not, that they become very carnal in, in the focus in on finances. Where is Jesus never? You know, taught things like that. And, and in the New Testament, apostles never taught things that, that the, the, the church likes to teach nowadays regarding, you know, give to give. You have a need to receive. Um, you know, you want a car, give towards somebody else's car. Um, yeah, that's not true generosity. Generosity flows from a heart of love. So now, you know, I, I see um, a, a, a brother or sister in the faith and they, they have a need, uh, 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 you know, they, they have a car. And I, uh, they need they need a vehicle, and I'm like, wow, what is you know? I would like a new car. What what is that? It's self centeredness. It's greed. It's not love. But wow, you know, they really need X, Y, and Z. Let me help them. Let me let me let me share with them. Let me give to them. That's that's uh, generosity. But a lot of <laughs> excuse me, what is being promoted as generosity in the body of Christ is actually just self centeredness. It's nothing to do with generosity. Because generosity doesn't expect in return. And, and yet we've been taught that, that, that we shouldn't give without expecting a return. That's quite amazing, actually. Now, Paul even warned us about such teachers and teaching. And, uh, uh, you know, we need to take heed to these warnings. I mean, you know, one of the biggest crooks in, in the world at the moment, Jupiter uh, uh, um, Angel, yeah, he's at the moment on this big uh, 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 um, uh, thing about uh, his series is called The Money is Coming. And, and he's 100% right in saying that because you know, thousands of people who are following him are, are going to give it to his offering. And so he has got more money coming because <laughs> he's got a couple of things he wants to build and do. You know, he drives a couple of Bentleys. He doesn't need more money. You know, the gospel needs more money, but he doesn't. And, and yet, because he manipulates people and twists their arms and, and, and things like that, now, 
uh, 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 you know, people think that they're going to be blessed because they they're giving to the prophet, the man of God. You know, some some it's a casino gospel, really. Yeah, it gets scared. It, it appeals to greed. It appeals to self-centeredness. It's, it appeals to people's laziness. It's, it's got very little to do with salvation and the purpose of salvation. Obviously, relationship with God, but it's like yeah, you know, it's got very little to do with our being a witness and an ambassador to other people and seeing them come to to, to know Christ. You know, as believers, that's what we should be doing. Is like our focus shouldn't be on ourselves and having our needs met, but having uh, being a blessing to the world. I said it last week. Uh, God blessed Abraham and said, "I will bless you, and you will be a blessing." Okay, so the purpose of now, now when he said, "I will bless you," remember, Abraham had money. He wasn't poor, so God wasn't talking about material wealth. He was talking about something else. And and what I love about that is God saying the purpose of the blessing is that you would be a blessing to the whole world. Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 30 from the Living Bible says, I know full well that after I leave you, false teachers like vicious wolves will appear among you, not sparing the flock. Some of you yourselves will distort the truth in order to draw the following. Paul's saying that that, that this is what's going to happen in the body of Christ, and we can see it already. Uh, The Message Bible puts it like this. Let's, let's paint the picture. It says, I know that as soon as I'm gone, vicious wolves are going to show up and rip into this flock. Men from your very own ranks, twisting words so as to seduce disciples into following them instead of Jesus. To stay, so stay awake. <clears throat> Keep up your guard. Remember those three years I kept that with you, never letting up, pouring out my heart with you, one uh, after another. You know what I like about this is, is Paul is saying, stay awake, keep on your guard. As believers, we can't just receive everything that's in the name of Jesus, amen. We can't just receive everything that's uh, because it's on uh, uh, such and such Christian station. You know, we, we've, got to, we've got to get back to the word and we've got to say, okay, well, how is this magnifying Christ and pointing to the gospel? I was, I was um, uh, talking to someone this week and they were telling me about um, some obscure thing that they um, uh, 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 are into, and 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 in the word, and I had to kind of just say, you know, well, you know, like, uh, uh, how is that glorifying Jesus? How is that pointing to Jesus? You know, how is that helping your salvation? Uh, 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 how is that actually like, are you even saved? Kind of thing, you know. And, and I think for a lot of us, it's, 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 it's much more subtle than that. But a good question to ask ourselves is, how is this magnifying Jesus? Now, if you look at your give to give, casino gospel, um, it, 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 it's the way that they would say it's magnifying Jesus is you have more money to be able to give more into the kingdom. Okay, And, and I can understand that reasoning, but the reality is it's, it's appealing to self. Because... Yeah, take self out of the equation, and nobody wants to give in that in that setting. It takes somebody who truly loves God and loves the, the, the world to give, not expecting a harvest to you know, of money towards himself. 
Now, we, we just look at the, Ephesians chapter 5 in the Message Bible. It says, look at how God loves. He, his love for us was not cautious, but extravagant. And he gave uh, 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 everything of himself to us, not in order to get, he gave his life for us, not in order to get anything from us, but in order to give everything of himself to us. Now that's, that's, that's true love. I don't really love God if I'm putting money in the offering and being like, you know what, I'm looking forward to my tenfold return. Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that, that's not really, that, that's, that's loving myself. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, the Passion says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus, who taught, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Okay, so now this, let's, back, let, let's put, the, put the context together. This was at the first pastor's conference in the Bible. Okay, Paul's talking to pastors and to leaders in the church. And you know, <clears throat> Paul said he's left them an example of how to uh, a pastor a church and to do the work of ministry. Okay, but most of the, the celebrated uh, uh, ministers have turned away from his example and are trying to pursue money and possession. Then he says in, in, in Acts 20, verse 17 to 18, uh, this is the voice translation. He says, in Miletus, he sent word to the church in Ephesus, asking the elders to come down to meet with him. When they arrived, he talked with them, Paul. We says we will have many memories of our time together in Ephesus, but of all the memories, most of all, I want you to remember my way of life from the first day I arrived in Asia. So he, he, he's not just talking; he's not just saying I want you to to um, uh, uh, remember what I've said, but remember how he lived. He, he was an example. He lived out what he believed. Okay, there's not many leaders like this. Yeah, around the whole world. You know, obviously we've got leaders like that in, in uh, our family of grace life. But, you know, what Paul is saying is, he's not saying it's wrong for a minister to have money. It's not wrong for a Christian to have money. It's not wrong for a, a minister of the gospel, a pastor, to have lots of money. It's not wrong for them to have a nice car. It's not wrong for them to have many nice cars. Yeah, it's not wrong for you to have a nice car. Yeah, yeah, that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying, specifically when it comes to ministers, is it's wrong to to fleece the people. It's wrong to make merchandise of the the, the, the gospel. It's wrong to 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 to, to um, uh, 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 mine from the people. What I mean by mine, I mean the last week. We'll look at it again. But the the the, the God put riches in the earth for us to mine out. He doesn't give us gold. He gives us strength and, and wisdom. And, and we go and we have to mine in the mine and get the gold. And then we have wealth. And an unbeliever can do that. A believer can do that. Okay. And what a lot of ministers are trying to do is go and mine the people. The problem is, is that there's, there's no diamonds or gold in the church. Where the people, where, you know, the minister is not mining. The people, he, 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 he's manipulating the people. 
and 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 yes, the, the, it's important that we give and we 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 be in, um, uh, giving towards the gospel, giving towards those that are, are ministering to us and shepherding us. We need to be looking after them well. Paul writes, and he says that that uh, um, uh, you know the, the, the elder who, who labors in the word is worthy of double honor. So they need to be looked after well. But they should never be manipulating people out of their money so they look after well. And look at Second Peter chapter two. Verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 2. The King James Version says, And through covetousness they shall be feigned, they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. The New Living Translation says, In their greed they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. The voice says it like this. These false teachers will follow their greed and exploit you with their fabrication. But be assured that their judgment was pronounced long ago and their destruction does not sleep. The message says in verse 2 and 3, they give the way of truth a bad name. Now let's just pause there. What is one of the number one complaints from the world about the, the church? Yeah. They, 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 they'll they'll uh, say televangelists. And not all televangelists are bad. Yeah. But that because of one or two people, they've given everyone a bad name. They've given the way of truth a bad name. Because it's like, uh, oh, you know what? The Lord just told me that if you sow a, a, an offering, a seed now, for, uh, um, you know, based on, uh, such and such the scripture, chapter 22, verse uh, 33. If you, you send uh, your, your check for two, 20, what's it, 200 or 2,020, whatever, this, this amount, you know, then 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 uh, uh, you, you'll be blessed with uh, a double fold or whatever, you know. I mean, um, I know I mean, when, when um, uh, Hubert Angel was in um, Zimbabwe, uh, and you know, some of you have, with, have been in, on mission trips with me, and, and uh, Pastor Isaac got us to to meet with him and uh, interact with him a bit, um, just to to, to kind of uh, experience that and see that. But you know, he he, he prophesied over somebody in um, uh, in his church in, in Zimbabwe, a businessman, and said, you know, if you give me your Bentley by such and such a day, God will give you two Bentley. Now let's just pause there. How does that help the kingdom? Now, that's the first question I have. But the second, now, now we look at it and it, it appeals to the, the self-centeredness and the greed of the, the businessman. Because, I mean, who, if, you've got, if you wanted one thing and you work for one, how, you know, obviously you're going to be happy with two. You, you don't mind having two, especially if you didn't have to pay for it. So, so now he gives the bank to, to, to the, the, the prophet, the man of God, and um, uh, 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 you know that day comes, and this this businessman goes to uh, Hubert Angel's house to to with the police, because and, and the, the police have a warrant for his arrest because of uh, it's fraud, you know. And uh, Hubert Angel had to the country, and he had to wait for, for Robert Mugabe to be ousted and a new president to come in who likes him so that he didn't have a warrant for his arrest anymore. And then because of the, the amount of deception, you know, uh, the, the new president even makes him an, an ambassador to the nations for, for the, the country of Zimbabwe. 
the same. But anyway, we're not talking about him. We're just using him as an example. Yeah, the, I like the saying, you can serve as a good example or a horrible warning. So you could, angel is a horrible warning for us. <laughs> He's a, a good example of a horrible warning. What we shouldn't be like. Okay. So it says that they give the way of truth a bad name. They're only out for themselves. They'll say anything, anything that sounds good to exploit you. They won't, of course, get by with it. They'll come to a bad end, for God has never just stood by and let that kind of thing go on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, anyone who's teaching uh, 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 like this, this give to get is really only after your money, and it's for self-centered reasons. They're appealing to yourself. They, 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 they're trying to, uh, um, <clears throat> and it's feeding on their self-centeredness and your self-centeredness and all of this. We don't give to get. We give to meet the needs of the gospel and the needs of the saints, and we work to make money. Okay, Romans chapter 16, verse 18. Romans 16, verse 18. One translation says, For those who are such don't, deserve, don't serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, self-centeredness. And by smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the innocent. The, the Living Bible puts it like this. Such teachers are not working for our Lord Jesus. They're working for the other God. But only one gain for themselves. They're self-centered. They are good speakers. So don't just look for good speakers, eloquent speakers. Yeah? Because uh, uh, that doesn't mean the message is right. The message isn't validated by eloquence. Okay? They are good speakers. And simple-minded people are often pulled on it. <laughs> Romans chapter 16, verse 18 from the Passion says, For people like this are not truly serving the Lord our Messiah but are being driven by their own desires for a following. Utilizing their smooth words and well-rehearsed blessings, they seek to deceive the hearts of innocent ones. We need to wake up and not allow ourselves or others to be deceived. How many old people sit at home and watch Christian television and give the little bit that they have to the fraudsters on TV when, when they, they, you know, I think it's good for them to, to be partaking in, 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 in giving to the gospel, but rather give to, 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 to uh, 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 your church, you know, that's helping look after you or give to the mission or something rather than giving to somebody who doesn't need another car or a plane or whatever. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13 to 14, God's word translation says, life exposes the true character of everything. Because light makes everything easy to see. That's why it says, wake up, sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. you know, we need light shone on these issues so that there can be freedom. Okay? Freedom is what we want people to experience because that's a good fruit. Amen? Yeah? Now, now let me just say, I'm not against uh, um, uh, 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 prosperity. I'm against the prosperity gospel. I, I, I don't like people being poor. I don't like poverty. I, I don't like people not having food or not having what they need, not being able to pay a bill or whatever the case is. I think that, that's horrible. I've been in positions like that, and you know, I don't wish that upon anyone. 
we, but, but this 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 teaching has become so such a popular teaching, so prevalent in the body of Christ that we need to counter it. We need to deal with it because if we don't deal with it, it distracts us from the mission. It distracts us from what we're doing. It distracts us from the right focus. And then it just deceives people, and it gives the, the way of truth a bad uh, um, uh, name. Because now you're trying to preach the gospel to someone, and they may turn around and say, but you just after my money. And then if you, if you believe in the prosperity gospel, you're like, no, I don't. I'm not just after your money. Yep. We won't say that to them until they get saved, and now we're discipling them, and then, you know, you need to give. <laughs> You know, God wants your money. So, so let's just look again at where is this wealth? Uh, Psalm 104, verse 24. Psalm 104, verse 24. New century version says, Lord, you have made many things with wisdom. You made them all. The earth is full of your riches. Okay, so the earth is full of riches, and believer and unbeliever alike have access to those riches. Psalm 104, verse 14, the, the New Living Translation says, You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth. In the same verse in the, um, the Net Translation says, He provides grass for the cattle and crops for people to cultivate so they can produce food from the ground. So you know, what you're going to realize is that the, 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 the riches of the earth are available for all people. Okay, we don't have to believe in Christ to access those riches. You only have to work. So, you know, if you're a business person, I'm sure there's business people in this meeting, uh, 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 you know, and, and you're trying to maybe you've got your own business or maybe you're a professional in some respect and uh, you're wanting to... Um, uh, uh, gain influence, or you're wanting to 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 move forward in your career. Okay, giving into the offering is not going to help them. Number one. Okay, giving into the offering is going to help us to get the gospel out, and it's going to help us to to keep the lights on on a Sunday. Well, unless uh, uh, Eskom's not uh, helping us, you know, it's going to help us to do what we do. But giving is not going to help you progress in your job in your employment, in your career. If you want to progress in your career, you need to go in and develop your skill. Okay. Now, obviously, one of the biggest skills that most people need to develop is their people skills. Go in and learn how to be a nicer person, <laughs> how to communicate more effectively. Yeah? Go, go, go show interest in people and be kind to them. And that, that, that goes a long way. But then, you know, if you're a, um, whatever you do, go and study that up. Go, go, go develop that skill further. Become a better whatever you are. And don't try and learn that from, 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 from us as pastors. Yeah? We're not business people. Okay? You know, uh, some, some of us may have had, uh, some pastors may have had business experience and can help you to a degree. But the best people to learn from are probably the, the, the people in the world, the unbelievers. You can go read their books and you can go and do their courses on Udemy and whatever and study with them and, and learn what they learned and, and, and do what they did and, you know, obviously take out the unethical stuff and whatever and, 
and you could you could become a successful business person without giving into the offering. But then it enables you to obviously you you, know, you can give into the offering because of that. But what I'm trying to say is that there's no correlation between your giving and your success in business. Psalm 24, verse 1. And let me just say this. I mean, if there was a correlation, then um, by um, implication, Bill Gates, for example, should be the biggest giver in the kingdom. And as far as I know, he hasn't given anything for the kingdom. Yeah? The wealthiest business people are, are, are not the, 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 the uh, most renowned Christians. I've got a, 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 a guy that I ministered to years back. I love him very much, and I haven't seen him in, in, in many years. And I bumped into him the other day, and he's a hot shot now, uh, 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 you know, loaded and all of that. And, um, and I know how he got where he is. It was through uh, 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 wisdom in his industry. It was through, through, through uh, um, uh, receiving advice from unbelievers, good advice, on how to uh, uh, perfect his craft and become better at what he does. And now he influences millions of people with what he does. And he's got lots of money and all of this. And unfortunately, I don't know if he's, he's using his platform at all for, for the kingdom. But uh, he got where he is, not because he was giving and not because he was loving Jesus, but because he was focused in on, on uh, developing his skill. Lots of unbelievers do the same thing. They don't need Jesus for it. Psalm 24, verse 1, New King James, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, and in all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. Yeah, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 26 says the same the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, the word fullness, I said it last week, means abundant riches of the earth. The earth is not empty. Okay, the riches of the earth are for all people, not just for the believers. The riches that are in the world are for all of us, unbeliever and believer. Okay, the same way that the sun shines on everybody. You know, we're in a, in a country right now in Albania where there's less than 2% Christian. And yet it's amazing how uh, 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 there's, there's people who are prospering financially. There's people who are not prospering financially. I, I see the sun shining and it's not like it's only shining on me when I'm walking around. You know, uh, uh, because most people that I would be encountering on the streets are all, are all going to, to hell, unfortunately. But it's not like they have a dark cloud hanging over their head. They experience the blessing of God in what he's created on the earth. And that's grace. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to look at a couple of different translations here to paint the picture. King James says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. We often think, yeah, we've discussed this, but we often think that the inheritance that we've got for us has to be money. But this is showing us that our inheritance is incorruptible, undefinable. It fades not away, and it's reserved in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little bit different to, to, to what we're mostly used to. The Passion puts it and says, we are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish. 
never be defiled and never diminished. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. The New Century Version says, um, uh, now we, we hope for the blessings God has for his children. These blessings which cannot be destroyed or spoiled or lose their beauty are kept in heaven for you. The New Living Translation says, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. The Good News Translation says, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 4, and so we look forward to the possessing the, the rich blessing that God keeps for his people. He keeps them for you in heaven where they cannot decay, spoil, or fade away. Last translation, easy to read. It says, now we wait to receive God's uh, blessings that he has for his children. These blessings are kept in heaven for you. They cannot be ruined or destroyed or lose their beauty. See, the blessings and inheritance that are exclusive to believers are not available on the earth for all people. It, it's something that, that's reserved for us. And it's only us. An unbeliever can't touch it unless they believe, and then they're no longer an unbeliever. See, God wants all people on earth to prosper in material things. That's why the earth is full of riches for everyone to mine out, to take hold on. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34 to 35. I'm going to start off with the, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 10, 34 to 35. It says, you sympathize with those in prison and when, um, <clears throat> and when all your belongings were confiscated, you accepted that violation with joy. Convinced that you possess a treasure growing in heaven that cannot be taken away from you. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. Let's look at the NIV. It says, you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better lasting possession. So don't throw away your confidence. You will be richly rewarded. Good news translation. You shared the sufferings of prisoners. When all your belongings were seized, you endured your loss gladly because you knew that you still possessed something much better that would last forever. Do not lose your courage then because it brings with it a great reward. Yeah. Often I've heard that when people teaching on, on, on give to get, they don't get into verses like this. And if they do, they still bring the focus back to you know, you can have everything taken away from you and God will give you double back, sevenfold back, whatever back. Like, and, and, and the focus is always material. The focus is never eternal. Someone who's trapped in the casino gospel is, is not focused on eternity. Yeah, whilst it's good and preferable that we have as much riches on the earth as possible because it, 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 it enables us to have a nice life and look after our families. It enables us to be a blessing, a great blessing. It enables us to, 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 to um, uh, provide for the gospel to go into places where it's expensive to go. You know, while that's a good thing, the teaching of the church 
must never ever suggest that if you don't have earthly possessions, you don't have faith. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of this teaching does. Okay, Romans chapter 15, verse 26. Romans 15, 26 from the, the New Living Translation says, For you see, the believers in Macedonia and the Cana have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Now, this isn't my main point, but I want to point out that the offering was taken up for the poor believers in Jerusalem, not for the poor in Jerusalem, but the poor believers in Jerusalem. Okay, that's just a side note, but I think it's important. That was New Living Translation. Look at New Century Version. It says, the believers in Macedonia and southern Greece were happy to give their money to help the poor among God's people at Jerusalem. The Revised Standard Version says, For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. So, firstly, let's, let's, just, let's just say that the first collection in the early church was not for the pastor, and I believe, obviously, I'm one of them, but in looking after your pastor, Okay, but, but but it was for the poor believers at Jerusalem. Yeah, one of the things over the past uh, maybe two years or so um, that 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 we we've, we've always tried to look after people going through crisis and in graveside. But one of the things that's happened as we've seen these things uh, is is we've been pushing to help people who are struggling more and more and more. And you know now more than ever before. We're, we're giving to help people, in, in, especially in the family, who are struggling. You might be saying, well, that's not me. I'm struggling. I haven't received. Well, that's probably because your pastor doesn't know. <laughs> or maybe you're just actually like on the outskirts and they don't know, but they also don't see you much. They, 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 that's why they don't know. But when we know about issues, we, 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 we really do seek to help. Okay? The needs of the believers. Let's ask the question from this verse. How are the needs of the believers met? I'm going to read the verse again from the, this is the New Century Version. The believers in Macedonia and southern Greece were happy to give their money to help the poor among God's people at Jerusalem. The needs of the believers were met and are met today by other believers. I'm going to say that again because it, it, it kind of passes over us because now, if you are somebody who has, and you have a brother or sister in Christ, and, and, and you know they have not, it put, this puts a responsibility on you. You are not somebody's answer to every problem that they have, or the full answer. As a church, we can't be a full answer for, for people who are, 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 are even lose their job or you know, we do our best to help them, but we can't be the full answer. We can pray for them, we can minister to them, we can help them as we are able to. Okay, and the same thing goes for you. You can't be Jesus for everyone, but you can help as much as you can help. If you see a need, tag your in. That, that, that's what this is saying. The needs of the believers are met by believers. The needs of the believers are not met through tithing or sowing. Okay. You know, if tithing and sowing 
uh, 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 could um, make believers rich, you know what Paul would have done? He would have rather organized a, a prosperity conference for the believers at Jerusalem. He wouldn't have taken an offering from Macedonia and, and southern Greece and taken their money and sent it to the poor people. He would have said, you know, to, to, to Macedonia and southern Greece, if, if the prosperity gospel was accurate, he would have said, you know, give your money to me so I can go to, to, to uh, Jerusalem and teach these poor saints how to make money. And then he would have gone there and he would have told them to give what they have. And so Paul, if he was the crook, he would have taken money from Macedonia and southern Greece, and he would have taken money from Jerusalem, and everyone would have had less money, and he would have had more. And that's what we see happening in the body of Christ, unfortunately. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, the New King James Version. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, the one thing I want to point out firstly here is, we're going to come back to this verse in a moment, but is that God gives us richly all things in this earth to enjoy. Poverty is not from God. He doesn't want you to be poor. He doesn't want anyone to be poor or lack. It's not from God. It's not of God. Poverty is because of laziness. Poverty is because of ignorance. Poverty is because of some, some reason, and the reason is not God. It's not because you're not giving enough. It might be that you're giving everything that you have, actually. That's maybe also why you're poor. There's wisdom in, 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 you know, God doesn't want us to give everything we have into the offering bucket. He only, we only need to give a portion. You, know, you see, an, you see a, a brother or sister in Christ, and they're struggling financially. God doesn't want you to empty your bank accounts and give them everything, and then you have to suffer. He wants you to give what you can and help the person as you can. You know, and if you can't give them money, but you can give them a hug, or you can give them a meal, you know, like that, 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 that's what you can give, then you give them. It's not about what you don't have, it's about what you do have. I'm going to read the verse 17 and 18 there from the King James. It says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they not, be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And he's saying, charge them that they do good, and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. So what I like is Paul is saying, charge, okay, or command them that are rich in this world to be rich in good works. So what this shows us is that we, when we see the word rich in the Bible, we have to be good Bible uh, uh, study, uh, students. And we need to see what does it mean, because it might not mean money. See, in the same passage, the same sentence, Paul is saying, rich in this world. What is rich in this world? They've got money. He's saying, tell them that they are poor in good works, and they must be rich in good works as well. You know, you can have little money and be rich in good works. You can have, be rich with money and be poor in good works. What is good works? 
helping people, being a blessing. Okay. We're going to ask ourselves where are our riches? And we've already looked at that in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that you know our, our riches are incorruptible. So, you know, let me read this again and then I'll make this statement. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, the, the, the interesting thing here is, is that he's saying, and application that the rich in this world more easily trust their riches than they do trust God. And when we've got money, we need to be careful not to be trusting in our riches, but to be trusting in God. Okay. Who are we trusting? The other thing, if you look at the, he says, um, you know, don't trust in uncertain riches. Your uncertain riches is also showing that these uncertain riches are actually of insignificant value in the equation here. You know, your wealth is not measured in Christ. In Christ, your wealth has absolutely no meaning. And your wealth doesn't give you any status. You know? Poor you came into this world and poor you'll leave this world. I know the Bible says naked, but I'm saying poor because you don't have money when you come in, you don't have money when you go out. Okay? Yeah. What you do with your money gives that money value. So there's some poor people like the widow with, with, with the, 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 the few coins in the, in the, in the, the Gospels. Who, she gives everything that she had and she gave more than the rich. Her money was more valuable than the rich people who weren't given. Faith doesn't give you money. Faith determines how you use your money. Okay. So then he says, charge them that are rich, command them that are rich, not to be high-minded. Okay. Not to be, have your, your high-minded, not to have your mind set on money. Don't value money. It's not about what you have or don't have. Don't be focused on carnality. Be not high-minded. Nor trust in uncertain riches which have insignificant value, but trust in God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. The word gives them in the Greek is giving the idea of furnished beforehand. Okay. Now, this is important. The word there in the Greek is parako. I think I'm pronouncing it right. And it, 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 it could, it, it's giving the idea of furnished beforehand. So the riches that we have, the money that we have does not directly come from God. Okay, and this maybe is a little bit of a spin on things for, 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 for some of us. Because we, we kind of have this mentality of everything I have comes from God. Amen, it does. But what I'm saying is that, like, he isn't the one who's not giving to someone else. And he's not the one who's giving to the ungodly believer because uh, they've got great faith. Faith is not the issue when it comes to finances. Wisdom might be the issue. Okay. 
The riches don't come from God, but from what God has put in the earth. So this word giveth, it says giveth, it gives us all things to enjoy, richly to enjoy. It's furnished beforehand. So God creates the earth before he creates man. He puts riches in the earth, and then he creates man and gives them gives man the earth to take dominion of. That's what furnished beforehand. That's the idea that it's bringing across. Okay, so God has given us richly all things to enjoy. He didn't spend anything. He gave everything. And so if we don't have much, it's not God's fault. It's God, not God was holding, and it's not a faith issue. Go, go and develop a skill. And go and monetize that skill. Learn some business sense, you know, something like that. So then he says uh, that we must command and charge those that are rich in this world that they do good, verse 18. That they do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Uh, so here, you know, it, it's, it's time to talk about our giving, and we're going to look at this word distribute and, and, and all of that uh, another time. But the basics of it is just that. We should be rich in good works by being willing to distribute what we have, by being willing to give what we have to those who, who need it, and obviously to the gospel as well, I would throw in But what this verse is also showing us is that our giving, where is it accounted for? Okay, let, let's ask that question. Where is our giving accounted for? It, 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 it's not accounted for in this earth. We don't have a return in this earth. Giving has a return for us in heaven. And this unfortunately disarms self-centered giving because it's like, oh, if you're truly self-centered, then you're going to be like, well, what's the point of giving? Because you want to have now. But, you know, what we... Our giving now, our giving has, has, has nothing to do, let me put it like this, our giving here determines rewards in heaven. Now, we don't give for the rewards, we're giving because of love. But we need to realize that our giving does have an impact. Now, for those of you who generously given towards uh, uh, this trip in, in Albania, this mission trip, you know, the people that we're connecting to and, 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 and the salvation that will come as a result of all of this, you have a direct part in that and you'll never know about that or experience any fruit from that until you get to him. You know, uh, that, 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 that should excite us more than, you know, I gave 100 grand uh, and now I'm trusting for uh, 1,000 rand back. You know, that, that, that's not as exciting as I'm going to get to meet someone in heaven who my giving made an eternal difference for. That's what should be driving us as believers is, wow, I get to be part of impacting someone's eternity. And so we don't put our value on our wealth. We put our value on what we do with our wealth. 
because that's what gives our wealth value. Amen.